Chapter 35 of Fruits of the Spirit. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by J. Reader. Fruits of the Spirit by Hamilton Wright Maybe. Chapter 35 immortal love on the horizon of human thought three great ideas rise from the solid earth into the clouds like vast mountain summits for many generations whenever men have lifted their eyes from the little space of ground on which they were working they have seen these sublime lifts of the common soil skyward for dim and remote as these reaches of upland have looked, they have somehow seemed to be of the same substance of which human life is compounded, every inch of common earth predicting the mass and majesty of the hills. At the beginning, these distant peaks were so remote that they were almost indistinguishable from clouds. So unsubstantial and visionary did they appear dreams sent to give a sense of space and range to the dwellers in the narrow house of life as time brought that experience which is the deposit of truth in the heart by the process of living the massive outlines became more distinct and the dream slowly took on the aspect of reality generation after generation lifted its eyes and the vague forms drew nearer and wore more familiar forms until they have become in very truth the hills of god eternity infinity immortality are for those who look up to the hills whence cometh their help no longer vague and visionary dreams of men tossing restlessly in the darkness of a night which does not bring repose they are the solid realities of a life which finds in them the assurance of the full fruition of its divinations and possibilities of growth the world is haunted by these sublime visions whether it opens or closes its eyes all thought and action lie visibly within the circle of these encompassing hills the sense of the infinite is planted deep in the heart of modern men the passion for the infinite consumes them they have found in music a language subtle enough and spiritual enough not to express but to suggest the infinite and eternal as their spirits reach out to fulfill and possess themselves and all art is a symbol of the perfection that immortality brings within reach of the soul the mechanical appliances which lengthen the range of the eye and carry the voice over half a continent are crude symbols of the immense reach of the spiritual nature which has infinity eternity and immortality before it infinity room in which to bring out all the power beauty and fruitfulness of the soul eternity boundless time added to boundless space so that all the processes of growth may fulfill themselves in endless progression of flower and fruit immortality the unwasted vitality which flows with increasing volume through deepening channels and gives the soul the power to possess the vastness of space 
an illimitable time for growth. These great fields which open on all sides of the life of the hour and certify to the soul its incalculable richness, the illimitable reach of room and time, as of a structure not built by hands but rising by processes of growth which becomes more and more marvelous as they pass from stage to stage, are not matters of faith and vision for prophets and poets only. Every man carries within himself not only the evidence of the reality of these sublime ideas, but the consciousness of the power to possess all that life and time, immortality and eternity offer him. So, in that mysterious, indefinable, measureless power of devotion, self-sacrifice, and consecration, which we call love, that deep-rooted genius which harmonizes idealism and service, and in the imperfection of the moment foresees the perfection of the future, lies the present evidence of the reality of the great visions, the source of the power that possesses and uses them. God has set eternity in the heart of man. In that heart he has also set infinity, for love is without measure of time or magnitude. Prophets and poets have strained the resources of all the languages to describe and define it, and have been content to suggest a depth and power which they can neither sound nor measure. For love is as limitless as eternity, and as boundless as infinity. It is not a symbol of immortality. It is immortal. It strives to bar the door against death as against an enemy. But when the door has been forced, it keeps companionship with sorrow and silently walks through invisible paths with one who has vanished, but with whom love travels undismayed through unseen worlds. Every visible thing crumbles, changes, and disappears, for the hand of time is on all things. But love, which is winged for immortal flight, escapes the tombs in which the ashes of the dead lie, and the slow, immutable processes of decay which bring all things made with the hands back to the earth out of which they are built. It has no fellowship with death, save as death fulfills the mandates of life, and breaks the bonds of the spirit as it passes from one form to another. It is of the very substance of life, and moves noiseless and indestructible through the shadows and mutations of the world. Loneliness is often its portion, and sorrow its companion, but death has no power over it. In love, the passion for the infinite finds its outlet and channel, but never its perfect easement and satisfaction. For infinity can never find space for the sweep of the wings of love under earthly skies. There are no channels of finite service deep enough to make room for its flood tides. It pours itself out lavishly and without measure, but its store remains undiminished. In the exact degree in which it gives itself as it increases, and when it seems to bankrupt itself, its wealth is multiplied. It goes about in time and the world like a child that has strayed from home, 
seeking someone who speaks its language, and never finding the freedom of speech which it craves. For no language is adequate to the expression of love, though all the languages which the soul uses have striven to match its infinity of meaning with finite words. All the arts have spoken for it, but the heart of it remains without a voice. In music, it has found some easement of the pain of emotion and passion and yearning unexpressed, for music is love in search of a word. But all the resources of music cannot utter what is in the heart of love. They can only suggest its untold wealth of vision, devotion, service, and bliss. As the beauty of the dawn may for a moment here and there rapturously sing in the notes of birds which it has awakened, and glow in the color of flowers which it has summoned from sleep, so music makes now and again a brief pause in the tumult of the world, and brings a sudden and wonderful silence and peace of eternity in the unrest of time. But there is only a sudden vision of heaven, and then the earth fills space again. Love is the craving of the immortal for its own speech, the passion of the infinite bound about for the moment by the finite. The immortal soul seeking its own and loyally waiting for it, walking beside it, pouring out upon it its limitless wealth as it passes through the shadows of mortality. End of chapter 35